Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, the Asian Avengers. So weak. The, the, the Asian <laughs> Avengers. So weak. So, so fuckable, bro. You know? Whoa. Whoa. There's five Asian guys together. Got wow. Together. Did you ever um, go through a stealing phase? Do I think everyone should have a gun? Maybe. Or you can look me up. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't care. You want to get high as fuck? You want to get high? You like opium? And welcome back to another episode of Asian Not Asian Podcast, the podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no American cares about. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. And I'm Mike Nguyen. Today is September 26th. Uh, hope you're doing okay. Hope you're surviving. Uh, as always, if you're listening to this on your phones right now, please take a screenshot and post it on Instagram stories. Tag us at Pod. And if you're an iTunes listener, please leave a review. We also have merch. We released merch very recently. Uh, people have been posting about it on their Instagram. Uh, people are looking cute. People are looking real good. So definitely check cute. that out at asiannotasianpod.com slash merch. It's hilarious because people own merch. Our fans, anals, our anal fans, Asian Not Asian listener, that is, they own fans. <laughs> they own merch. Mike does not own any merch. That's an issue. I don't. We got to get you some merch. I don't. I don't got any merch. I need to get some. Uh, and uh, the only merch I have is like a, an old sample that Gina has now turned into a kitchen rag. So we have that. <laughs> That's why I have Asian, not Asian kitchen rag. Kitchen so, rag. Ex- exclusive. <laughs> exclusive kitchen rag. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, please check it out. And um, it's a good time. So yeah, we love seeing it on social medias. It is time for story um, of the week. Mike did some weird shit that he wants to tell everybody about. Weird shit. I didn't do any weird shit. The way you, you, you preface it. Ready. It's not good. But it was, it was a weird. Not weird. It was actually really awesome, but it was it was it was just funny, and so I did a show. Maybe oh no, yeah, it was on Thursday, and uh, it was cool. Like you know, there's been shows happening in New York, and it was an outdoor show at this um, this dude's like he owns like this kind of brownstone situation. Not really brownstone, but it's a, it's in Harlem, and he had a backyard and everything like that, and it was super nice. And a lot of uh, young comics uh, that we know, uh, and and, Triot, um, and and among other people, um, were there. And it's interesting because the host, the host is this young guy. Uh, I don't want to name him, just because I, I, you know, he would love it if you named him. He's a fan. Okay, right? his name, his name's Wyatt. His name's Wyatt. Um, wow, young dude, super. Uh, and he he uh, he was hosting. And, you know, he brought up all the, the different community. Hey, you're going to love this next person. This person's great, Bob. You're going to love her. And then we and I was the headliner. So I was the last person. Uh, and this this dude, this young dude, he, he goes up to the stage. And, and before he brings me up, he's like, man, I'm really excited to bring this next guy up. He's our headliner. But I'm really excited because, you know, I've been following his career or, or kind of like listening to him since I was a teenager since I was 13 years old <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, like what, what kind of, uh, of, uh, to catch a predator situation that I just walk into here because he, he's in college, he, the Wyatt's in college. Uh, right. I don't know where he goes to school, but he's in college 
And, you know, I've been do, you know, we've been in this game for a little while, like seven, eight ish years or whatever. That Which is means that crazy right? that I, I didn't even do that math. That all right. makes sense now. Right. So that means, you know, when we started, uh, you know, there are people who could have seen some of our stand up when they were little, little kids. Like he was like, like 13. 13 or whatever. Wow. Yeah, he, he found he found my shit on um, on Reddit. And like I, I used to like go on Reddit all the time, but he found my shit on Reddit and, and like there's like a little comedy subgroup on Reddit. Which is just like you know a lot of people who are beginners who are just like trying to learn how to do stand up, which is which is cool, and so um, he was like, I'm really excited to do this, uh, you know, he's an inspiration, blah blah, blah which is so weird, <laughs> and so he brings me up, and the first thing I say is I I um you know it's so nice for him to say that, and and I did not get into this game to inspire people, okay, that's not what I'm trying to do, <laughs> not not at all, you know, I I do not want. I somehow I do not want to get into the game of creating my replacement. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is <laughs> yeah, like, that guy's funnier he's a than young you. Guy, he's funnier <laughs> than me. He's hot. I, you know, it's like it's like I built the robot that will take the job that I have. You yeah, know, I don't yeah, want to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, you know, so but it was it was cool and it was it's all kind of doves dovetails into. You know, I was away last week because I had like a, my birthday and I'm like, oh, you know, everybody, I'm getting older, but it's interesting because like you're 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 putting in these seeds from a long time ago and you kind of forget about it you know you like lay down all these seeds and you forget about them and then like over time you know you go you go and you check back on the seeds and they've become a like a cool like young hot comedian guy and i'm just like what happened like this is yeah (laughs) yeah, so weird you know but we've been in it for a minute you know that's so that makes me feel so old because you're right like i started I, I, yeah, I felt like I was really young when I started. I started when I was 24, but that was like six years ago. So yeah, technically exactly. somebody could have been 14 and seen right? me and been like, I could I could do the same thing. This guy fucking sucks. And then well, just- that's 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 the funny thing too is that whenever I feel like someone gets inspired, I feel there's two ways you can be inspired. A, you, you see someone amazing and you go, I want to be just like that. Yeah. Or you see someone who sucks, which is like me seven years ago or even now. Yeah, on and, a Reddit. And, <laughs> yeah, on Reddit. Doing on Reddit and go. <laughs> and and go oh i could do better than this guy fuck this guy dude and uh so here we are that's the thing with comedy is uh you know in any other career if someone's like oh my god um fucking i don't know insert name of astronaut i i saw you when i was a baby and yeah, i've always wanted to be inspiring. a scientist and now no. i now i go to johns hopkins and i'm becoming a uh space engineer like oh that's amazing for, for, for comedians if someone came up to me and was like i became a comedian because of you i'd be like no 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 no, no. go back no, go no. back hey wait go back. don't do this don't do this you don't want this you don't want any of this so uh, shouts to Wyatt. Uh, you know he's a young comic on the scene. I'm sure we'll see him around. And then there's us as well. So here we are. Uh, I can't wait to be inspiring the next generation of comedians. And I'm still going to be doing shows when I'm 50 and they're 20, and <laughs> they'll be getting Netflix specials. So that's that'll comedy, be sweet baby. as hell. That's comedy. Uh, but yeah, I I wanted to. I'm I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually a little nervous. About yeah, I am too. Today. Have you? I'm I, I have, I'll be. I'll be honest with you. We know we just did that story up top, but this guest today has so much aura that I felt aura. like I. I'm like, aura. I'm in like a classroom. This person is very smart. I, I feel like I'm in a classroom, and I'll be honest with you. I felt weird even saying fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like oh my I, had gosh. To be, I had to behave, and I actually toned down my ridiculousness. Listeners, if you noticed, I toned it down you because did. I you feel. Did. 
the energy of this room has changed. You did. I I wore uh you know I'm I'm I wore uh, a polo shirt today and also uh, socks and the dress shoes because you know what this next guest deserves respect. Okay, absolutely. This absolutely. person uh it, it inspires people in her it, you know also with her comedy, which yes. we think is a huge mistake, and we're gonna get into that. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> We're gonna break. We're gonna break it down. Uh, she's she's got so many credits that like it actually is taking up quite a bit of pa- space on this page. On this note, uh, but uh, <laughs> on their outline, <laughs> named named one of the funniest uh, fifty funniest women by Huffington Post. Author of the recent release, How to Make White People Laugh. She's a TED Fellow. Whenever someone's a fellow of anything, that's that's pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. Host of Fake the Nation, a political comedy podcast. Regular panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which Fumi and I had a small writing Small writing gig. She may have done one of those shows. Who knows? Was she listening to the credits? Probably not. Probably not. But we're there. We're in two episodes. Uh, Way too many credits. It's it's kind of triggering. Uh, Give it up right now. So excited for Nagin Farsad. Woo-hoo! Hey! Oh, wait. Oh, oh no! Hey. There we go! There we go! I was muted. muted. I was muted. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for like putting on um, uh, shirts and pants for me. I feel really honored by oh, that. Oh, I don't got pants on. I got shorts on. Okay, take it easy. You're not that fancy, it's but I do so, have a shirt it's on. It's so funny. I'm actually like a total like a potty mouth, as they say. Um, so it's funny to me that anyone would clean up their language for like any kind of interaction with me because I, I my there's just fucking dirt in my mouth. That's oh how yes, I live. you have like very comedy CEO energy, you know. And yes, I just that's true. I didn't, I didn't want to get fired. That's really what I was trying to do. You know. Yeah, you that's have hilarious. yeah you have you have grad school comedy energy. You know, like like you that's... you wrote a dissertation for sure. You know. So. Yeah. Well, I mean. I did. I do have an unnecessary number of master's degrees for someone who became a comedian. That's uh, yes. that's definitely we're definitely true. gonna get into that. Uh, first, have you ever had a situation like I was describing where, like, somebody comes up to you and it's like, "Oh, you're you inspired me to do this thing," and because like that's it's happened to me only like once or twice, and each time I'm like, "Me." Like, you do not want to be me. You know, I always feel like that. I don't know. Do you ever, does everything like that ever happen to you, you know? Yeah, you know, it, it definitely has happened. And I find it really disconcerting because yes. I still think of myself as just like a kid in comedy. Okay. And I don't know when that feeling goes away okay. um, because I'm obviously not a kid in comedy, right? I've been doing this for a fucking minute. and um, But I still don't feel... Like it does, I don't feel like I'm at the status where someone should come up to me and be like, I've been following you and I want to grow up and be you wow. and all that shit like just does not seem <laughs> right to me at all. And I do, I find it, you know, and of course my first horrible thought is um, this is exactly as you said, this for, this person's going to eclipse me. I'm done. <laughs> like this random person yes. in Wyoming who I'm seeing at a show like is going to eclipse me. Um, and yes. and and that's I mean, first of all, that's such a gross thought. And it's yeah. also so normal. I mean, I think we're just normal people, you know, yes. that 
have horrible, like, narcissistic, disgusting thoughts. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I, okay, good, good. <laughs> and then I immediately have to go into mantras that are like, um, a rising tide raises all boats. And, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we can all win. There's no zero-sum theory to comedy. You know what I mean? And so then I go into all of those mantras. You know, you know what to it, try and you know what a it is, though? Person. When you meet hmm. a young person at a show who's like, oh, I, I, I want to be you. Like, I started comedy because of you. you I think you get threatened because especially for us like you know people of color doing comedy I, I feel that especially again like when you started I'm not, I started in 2014 I'm, I'm assuming you started before that but I'm sure there were just a lot more sort of barriers um, not even to get booked but just like the acceptance of the stuff that you want to talk about but you kind of see you see the young like Asian comics today they are so fucking confident Mike they're just up there talking about yeah kimchi or whatever yeah. the fuck that they're i don't have the bo- k-pop yeah, yeah like about stuff that like i was too embarrassed are, to yeah. you know when i started i was like well they're not gonna understand this so let me just like water it down a little bit you know but like they don't do that right. and you you feel that energy even though they're one year into comedy and i can i th- i feel that it's only natural for you to be like what what is all this confidence like what are you what are you doing right now you know completely i mean there's a lot of i feel like when i started um which was i guess we'll call it 2000 six-ish, seven-ish is when I sort of officially was doing stand-up. I I started, there was a lot of exposition. You know what I mean? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. I felt like I couldn't walk onto a stage without clarifying, like, all right, I know you're looking at an ethnic lady, and I know that's very confusing for everybody, just off the bat. Like, I know I should ju- I should be here as a customer or maybe on the wait staff, but, like, I shouldn't, you know, to be on the stage is already very confusing for you um, as a woman and then never mind a brown woman. So I felt like I had to spend the first five minutes of every set just being like, I know that you know that <laughs> I am an ethnic person. <laughs> I mean? And I know you're wondering what kind of ethnic. I know you didn't understand my name when the host said it. We yeah. all know that the host probably mispronounced yes. my name. You know, yeah. I had to go through all of these things. Um, and nowadays, um, I, 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 I the kids these days, you see yes. them coming on stage with that confidence yeah. of like they don't need to explain themselves. Yeah. And I am deeply jealous of that. Oh, yes. You know, Jealousy. Because I didn't this have is what that. this is about. A hundred percent. I do want to uh, talk a little bit about your background. <clears throat> Just, you know, get, let's let's get our, our, our listeners to uh, to to know you a little bit better. So um, your 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 background is uh, you're um, Iranian. Your, your family background is Iranian. And then you were born in Connecticut, but you were raised in California, in Palm Springs, right? California. That's right. That's right. Yes, I'm from. Uh, so, someone yeah. read the extended cut of my bio. Uh, oh. <laughs> and by someone, I mean our assistant producer because uh, <laughs> I don't got the time. No. Um. But uh. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm from Southern California, and I know I'm from Orange County. What part? What part? I'm from Orange County, uh, from okay, Anaheim, gotcha. and I grew up there in the '90s. And I knew there was a big, um, at the time we called. Iranian people Persians and they called themselves that yeah. sometimes too and I know over time yeah. they've kind of, you know the, the, there's a correction in there which is which is which is which is great so but like you know did you grow up in a very tight-knit community in Palm Springs I mean like the only thing that a lot of people know about Palm Springs now is that there's a movie with Andy Samberg based you know in Palm yes. Springs right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an right. infinite time loop that's all I know about Palm Springs was, so yeah <laughs> um yeah I mean you know uh it's um 
Palm Springs is a really weird town to to grow up it, because because essentially I'm a townie. It's a resort town. Mm. Like that's what people know about mm-hmm. it. And and I think and I haven't seen Palm Springs yet, which is really shameful, and it's on my list. But I have a toddler, so I have a, like, a yes. great excuse for not <laughs> saying most things. Um, but uh, but it's I, I think it's held there because there's a wedding there. We became a, like a a destination wedding town. Yes, yes. Um, in the last like ten years or whatever. Um, before that, we were just a just a your plain old golf resort town for like while I was growing up. Um, and and it still is like I think one of the top five sort of gay cities in America. Wow. Yep. Um, yep. but I am like 100% a townie because I grew up in this resort town, but I uh, wasn't there for the golf and actually never played golf. Um, so uh, <laughs> and and there was no like there was one other Iranian kid when oh, I was okay. growing up. Um, so there was no like very very few Iranians like there was no tight-knit community of Muslims like there was nothing like that Mm. so I was sort of like on my own Mm. um you know just sort of meandering golf courses uh (laughs) then you you were talking you talked about how you have a lot of master's degrees I'm only aware of the one do you have more than one or do you just I have, have um I have a master's degree in public policy and then another one in African American studies. Holy. I did them simultaneously at okay. Columbia, but oh my I gosh. but I did I, don't but need, I did get two technically. Well, you know what? Get you know uh, every immigrant loves a deal. Okay, so two for one. That's fantastic. <laughs> 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 Yeah, we were looking at our. We had our like assistant producer like do research on you, and we're like Mike and I are reviewing this, and it, it was like this. This resume is amazing. Like this, look at that. This resume, your educational background, like it. It looked like you were on your way to become president. You know, like well, I mean, yes. And, and then I don't know what happened. I don't know. Then, then you ended up here with I us. Know. So I don't know. Yeah. I know why. Why? That's the question on all of our minds. What happened? What happened? No, yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's true. Like, look, I, you, you know, and I don't know if you guys were like, I was a total nerd. Like, I was an academic nerd growing mm-hmm. up, and I'm, and I'm still in some senses an accolade whore like mm-hmm. i just want <laughs> yes 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 that's the, best, that's the best kind of whore yes. yes i want you know yeah. yes <laughs> fewer stds <laughs> um and i uh yeah i was always i just i was always about achievement and getting good grades and be you know and just trying to be a perfect student and um and and so that's kind of like what i you know what i did when i was um a student and, and you know and going and, and, and having and growing up in Southern California I was always like oh Southern California is the armpit of America um, wow. now as a comedian I've traveled to actual armpits yes 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 um, yes, yes, and, yes. And I, you <laughs> yeah. know, but 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 parts of Southern California really are the armpit of America and that's um, totally right and uh, you know and and I was just like oh you know if you if you want to have or have any kind of intellectual growth you have to move to the Northeast like these are the shit <laughs> like a disaffected 16 year old says you know what I mean yeah. it was like reading Jean-Paul Sartre on the side right. like in the original French like a fucking real dick <laughs> while, while um, you're driving around in your golf cart in Palm Springs yeah I get it yep got you exactly um, TPing this you know science teacher's house or whatever but also but but really being really high minded about it right um, so yeah so I so I ended up going to um, to Cornell for undergrad and um, and then I just sort of like left California and then never never go. went back. Yeah, it, it, it um, says here you so you, have, you one of your masters is degrees is in African American studies, but you have another one in race relations 
and I find that fa- uh. that sounds tight. But I was just thinking when I <laughs> when I first like read this, you know, I, I mean, your parents, I assume, are immigrants. Uh, you know, you, I'm sure we all Indeed. sort of experience the same pressures and stuff growing up. And I, you know, yep. I, I remember like you know, I wanted to study music for a long time and end up doing that. And I just remember that conversation, right? When you want to pursue the arts, they're already like, "There's no money in the arts." But like, I don't even know. I don't know how I would explain this major to my parents. They'd be like, is there money in studying yeah. white people? They, like, they, is that- no. They'd probably be like, why don't you study music instead? Okay? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A, Here's a you flute. Could, <laughs> you, could, you could be a busboy at a jazz club, you know? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. Well, it's funny. I mean, I, you know, they knew that I wasn't, you know, doing it. In an undergrad, I was, uh, I studied government and theater. Like, I did a double major or whatever. So, like, they knew that I was already, like, you know, into, um, that the theater thing was supposed to, like, was, like, my side piece. Oh, okay. And that, um, <laughs> oh, you're naughty that, girl. Like, politics <laughs> yeah. Was, like, yeah. Disgusting. And, and I just, like, I just, like, talked about it like it was just more, I'm just doing government. You know, and 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 in that time, I interned for Hillary Clinton. Oh, okay. I interned for Charlie Rangel. Wow. Um, I interned for, wait for it, this is the most impressive one, C-SPAN. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a credit. So, so I mean, right? Yeah. How many people can say? It was actually yeah. a really exciting internship. Okay, it doesn't matter. Cool. Um, I got drunk a lot. Not on the job, but very <laughs> across the street from the job. That's funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so they, so I was still really, like, driven, and I was just, I didn't, I just didn't, very he didn't really explain to them like look i'm getting this degree in african-american studies so that i can understand movement building and struggle Mm. and like and and and, and i and i couldn't because you know my parents didn't even know that they weren't white Mm -hmm. and Mm. so like i didn't like i didn't even have that conversation with them until um really until i met like basically moved in with a black man oh, and then wow. you know uh, uh yeah so i mean my parents are like the picture of american evolution like yes. going for you know going from like uh, why are you dating black people to like black lives matter you know what I mean? <laughs> um, these like woke immigrants and um and you know but it I was always interested in um, the struggle of like minority communities in the United States, and I and, and, I, and I was a part of one. It just wasn't like a, a a mainstream kind of well, you know, defined community the way um, you know the Mexican American community mm. is where I grew up. Like that's who I was surrounded mm-hmm. by, um, and then of course the African American community that, is, that has such a long history um, of 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 struggle and oppression and triumph and struggle again and more struggle. And, uh, you know, and so I thought, you know, if I wanted to go into politics and I wanted to be serious about it, then I really needed to understand that those, that kind of movement building. Uh, and so that's why I ended up, doing that degree but of course it you know again it doesn't matter because right. i'm a comedian so, now, so yeah. when did so it fall at apart what, <laughs> at what point did you decide to throw away all of your ideals and uh pursue this instead <laughs> and and write uh, dick jokes yes at exactly MTV yeah yeah exactly we, yeah. yeah with your filthy body um, mouth I am um, no you know I was doing comedy the whole time okay so I was doing it in college I was doing it in grad school in grad school I was around the most serious people mm, yes. right these are like the entire government of Japan would export their people <laughs> to Colombia to get this degree and I would you know like that's how serious the people like it was yes. like international serious people yeah, yes. and um and then they would be like okay let's let's form our study group or whatever and I'd be like um that's cute but I have to go do a set downtown yeah. so I'll 
I'll see you guys later. Like I clearly had one foot out the door mm. the entire time. Um, and and then I, I ended up getting a job as a policy advisor for the campaign finance board for New York City, um, which is a fantastic uh, city agency and uh, whose work I really believe in. And and in general, just like um, campaign finance is, a, is an issue that I've always really been um, – you know, into and in New York City, like you can be poor and still run for office because of that program. That's cool. Uh, so it's really remarkable. But um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, I wasn't happy. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, there's that word. Um, and H, I was doing the H comedy. word. Yeah. H word. <laughs> yeah. I was doing comedy the whole time. And my friends actually staged an intervention. <gasps> no way. Um. Yeah, they they were just like, you know, you're a comedian, snap out of it, you know? And then I just, I sort of had to um, accept my, my lot in life. Oh, uh, you had such nice so, friends. Yeah, like that they were, you know, that they were like, it's clear that you're kind of, because my, the, the, my sort of hobby of comedy was turning out to be this like 40 hour a week hobby. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, truly yeah. taking over. You know, I would, I would go present numbers in front of city council as a part of my job. And then I would go on stage at night and do jokes about city council. Like it got deeply inappropriate <laughs> at a certain point. So maybe so it was, uh, yeah, yeah oh, maybe ahead, it was uh, uh, an intervention in the sense that, um, you know, you're ruining also our lives. So you need to get away. And just <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, no, totally. Like, totally. Come on now. Yeah, just yeah. accept it. So you got you got this academic background. You got this like political professional background. And it all makes sense because, you know, we were checking out your website and stuff and you sort of one of the way you brand yourself is that you are a social justice comedian. Is that, is that mm -hmm. still true today? Right. And we just, yeah, we just wanted to ask yeah. like, you know, you know, why that, why not, why, why not a regular comedian who's also into activism? Is there like a reason why you want to call yourself that way? You know, I am essentially just a regular comedian who's also into <laughs> activism. Okay, but, fair. But at some point, you know, people like to like label you. Of course, and so yeah. They kept labeling me as a political comic, mm -mm -mm. which I thought was interesting. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but like, I would do jokes about my mom or something. Yes, yes, yes. And then people would come off, uh, you know, and again, she's you know this Iranian Muslim woman, and I would come off stage and be like, "Oh, you're so brave," and like, you know, it's really interesting political material. And I was like, I mean, I was talking about. Like me telling my mom about STDs. <laughs> yeah, so I'm right. not sure yep. how that's yep. the woman in the story is Muslim, but like, is that exactly political material? And so, and then I realized that that kind of what I was, you know, I wasn't doing jokes about like Mitch McConnell's double chins. I was doing <laughs> jokes about right. things that were sort of, I think, more fundamental. Um, and 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 because social justice isn't partisan, it's just a, there's a correct thing and there's an incorrect thing you mm -hmm. know um and and th so that's kind of where i started doing that and also because i did do a lot of activism with yeah. my comedy yeah. you know mm -hmm. um and that's so it kind of made sense for me to kind of embrace that label and it was this was forever ago before even you know before people started to use the term yep. social justice yeah. in an annoying way yeah, yeah, you yeah. know nowadays i'm like you can call me whatever like because like, because i don't want the, the term social justice to trigger anyone even though it's still a <laughs> fundamentally yeah. good thing you know yeah. i feel that um i definitely identify with what you just said as far as like kind of being funneled into certain things and the way that people sort of see your comedy like i i don't know if people necessarily think of me as like an asian comedian but i was looking at my set like the other the other day 
And I have a lot of pornography jokes. Lots. Too, way too right. many. But then nobody comes off the stage and goes, man, you inspired me with your porno jokes. You know, it's like it, it, you can't people kind of see. And I do have a lot of Asian jokes for sure. But like you, people, I think they they take what they want out of your set and they they kind of see who you are and they kind of try to figure you out. And then, you know, you, you kind of you you yourself, there's like a weird interplay because you feel like, OK, I do get traction out of certain kinds of jokes and you end up sort of like identifying yourself that way. But then you're afraid of like being pigeonholed into something, you know, so I, I definitely feel yeah. what you're saying there, you know, I mean, Fumi, you the you other. I, yeah, go ahead. St- oh, no, I was going to say, you know, I did a show in in, um, in London once and I remember, you know, have you guys done the UK like shows in the UK? I've only done open mics there. No, we're failures. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. No, uh, but yeah, way, go ahead. Like how that is the way children of immigrants define themselves, that they're just failures. Yes, that's like, absolutely if you right. just yeah. start that out the gate, you're like, I already <laughs> failed. Um, but I was in the UK, and in the UK, they, they review like stand-up comedy in a way that we don't Oh, yes. we heard about this. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Ronnie's, yes. Ronnie Chang told us about that. Yes, and it's insane. I was like, I and I, I, I just did some like random shows. I wasn't even like really. It wasn't even just me. It would be like me and two other people or something like that. And they would review that show. Okay. And, um, and I re- realized like one of the things that was happening in the UK is that they were like, oh, she was funny. But when she talked about being Iranian American, that's when things really got interesting because I think mm. it makes it's like people wanna. Um, cl- because they just do they want to classify yeah, you right, yeah. you know what I mean so it doesn't matter how many jokes about pornography you do like if you're a reviewer in the UK they're really gonna hone in on that one thing um, and it's I don't know it's like at first I thought that was really frustrating and now I'm like well it is my entire being yeah you know? so <laughs> yeah you're right yeah yeah it is literally in my it does DNA inform everything in every in every way I see the world so I guess it's okay yeah. I mean um, just to tie it back yeah. to the example that we were talking about earlier about young minority comedians talking about whatever the fuck they want to talk about um being confident mm. you know I think for us, it's like for Asian people, it's weird because when I first started, like we weren't we weren't like allowed to do Asian jokes. Like you could, but it was like a bad thing, right? So bookers would be like, "Hey, man, you're talking too much about race, right?" right. So we, we, I right. learned that it was a bad thing, and now yes. it's like now it's different when somebody's like, "Oh, he's an Asian comic." I feel he has a different connotation than it did in 2014, yes. you know. So yeah. I think it, it's like a whole mind fuck for someone like us because now it's like a good word, and before it was a bad word, and I'm just like kind of conflicted. Do you feel more free now? What do you? Yeah, feel? I mean, you know, you can say I've been doing it for like six, seven years, so I don't care. You know, I, I used to be like, I'm just a comedian who does Asian jokes. I don't give a shit. I call me an Asian comic. I call me a perverted comic. I don't care. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, it's just, I'm just me. <laughs> but like, I can confidently say that, and I legit do not care what people think or to say. But like before, you care so much about what other people think because you don't, you need validation because you're not like established yet, right? So like, all those little opinions about like, hey, don't talk about being Muslim. Like that scares white people you know or like white people don't think it's funny they don't say that but that's what they mean that's the subtext yeah. club owners especially yeah. they're like hey you're talking a little bit too much you're saying white people too much no shut the fuck up right so it's like it's <laughs> it's just it's all that subtext and you know you, you kind of grew up with that and there i came up when there was such a huge distinction between clubs and alt rooms yes yes and there were like alt comics and club comics and they didn't mix very mm. much and that's definitely changed yes, i yes. think in the last i don't know five or six yeah, years where yep. 
Yeah, right? And yeah. I think part of that is because it's okay to be ethnic. It's okay. It's cool. <laughs> and so and, and so bookers are like, wait a second, who are all of these brown people we were like neglecting for so yeah. long? Like, the, you know, it's like we've been here the whole time. And, <laughs> um, and it's 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 nice. It's it's also, um, you know, because I, I, I love doing clubs uh, and I yeah. and I used to think, no, 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 I'm an alt comic and I don't you know, that's not my scene or whatever. Um, and so I've really come around to it. Be, so it's, it's it's interesting to see comedy change and like grow into the Grey's Anatomy episode uh, <laughs> yeah. that it yearns to be. Um, um, back in our day, like I also considered myself like an alt comic, but it's only because I wasn't like a straight white guy. You know, I, I think mm. content wise, yes. content wise, like yes. I'm pretty... I don't know about anymore, but like I do have like clubby jokes about like yeah, my girlfriend. Oh yeah, you know like but but it it, like doesn't matter because I look like this. It's like oh that's indie. His 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 Asian face is so indie. Look at that. So alt. What an alt face you have. Yeah, so different. Yeah. No, exactly. I that's so fascinating. We and I think it was also a way for us not to you know say the real part out loud of what was happening which was that the clubs were so very white yeah. um and or they and 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 in and, and, and if they weren't like so very white there were black comics at clubs um but there weren't even like latino comics at clubs <laughs> right, you know right. what i mean yeah, it was true. it was like uh the scene was just like there's these well you know there's a well defined space for white comedians obviously and they're going to be the vast majority of the comedians and then there's this you know there's a, a well defined lane for certain black comedians and then everyone else uh, yes. like, you know if you're a woman like you're not really gonna do that you know yeah. and, and there's still like i i did a gig um pretty recently in kansas city and i um and you know i won't besmirch the well no i i, I guess i will besmirch um <laughs> besmirch! Was that the yeah besmirch bitch besmirch, baby oh thy name is besmirch burr, 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 burr. yeah shakespeare burn <laughs> That's two master's um, degrees. This. No, this is like the the lightest besmirchment that w- wouldn't ever wouldn't even make like a Reddit like you know third level down fucking <laughs> sub bullet. But um, I uh, but I I I just happened to look at to see it was at the improv and I noticed oh there hadn't been a woman listed on their website um uh, on a lineup for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, so I mean that's uh. It's kind of still what the world we're living in. I mean, it's obviously getting better. We all feel that it's changing, you know, Um, but it's still there's it's the change doesn't come uniformly around this big, very big, vast country. And, uh, you know, and so it's still weird. sometimes. So I I, that's that's uh, that's uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I did want to talk about like social justice comedy i know you don't really say that you're you're just a comedian who's just trying to do you know do some activism also but i do feel that like you know we, we saw uh you know some talks and stuff that you did in 2016 we're talking about social justice and i feel that social justice meant a certain thing four years ago before uh trump was elected and now it means something yeah. a little different you know what's your mm-hmm. sort of take on that because i feel like I don't even I don't even know how to like really unpack it. I don't know if it's like polar too polarizing or or it's become like kind of a um a misnomer or or it's be, or or whatever, but like do you feel the the brand of social justice and the way that social justice comedy 
is uh has really shifted and and how are you kind of working through that you know well i mean it's funny because i think when i when i started to use that term it was just you know and this was like 2000 i don't know 12 or 13 or Mm -hmm. something it was it was because like i said i didn't want to be called a political comic right and um and it just felt, um, and it was weird, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like a weird term and people were like, oh, that's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, when I, I had, um, you know, my, my, my second feature film that I made was called the Muslims are coming and I rounded up a bunch of Muslim American comedians and I took them on the road and we did these shows and then we, um, we got people like, uh, and we, we the whole idea was like to, you know, um, to kind of dispel Islamophobia, right? Yep. Um, and we went to places like Mississippi and Alabama and, you know, Florida and, and Utah and places where they love the muzzies. And, <laughs> um, and we did these shows, right? And, and, um, and, and, and then well, along the way we interviewed, you know, we also have people like uh, John Stewart and, and Lewis Black and David Cross, whatever, like, you know, waxing poetic about Islamophobia mm-hmm. and how hilarious it is. And, uh, and so anyways, in that show, really, that movie really felt like the kind of epitome of like a social justice comedy film and and that tour felt that way um and then i think kind of what has happened since to to answer your question about like what seems to have changed is that this notion of like social justice warriors and like people who sit online and like just yell and mm-hmm. like just only all they do is call people out in like an yeah, yeah. irritating fashion. They mm-hmm. have no sense of nuance and they have yeah, yeah. no like forgiveness and they have no, right, right, you right, know, right, right. and all they are is just pure internet rage personified. Yes. Yes. I think those people have sort of like ruined aspects of that. The oh. kind of these kind of like laptop social justice warriors. Um, and I, uh, and, th- and that makes me sad because yeah. you know so the term social justice in itself is a pure and fundamental thing you know that we should all believe in yeah i'm That's glad great. you i'm yeah. glad you said that because yeah like and i'm a victim of this too but like when i hear somebody identify as a social justice warrior or sorry social justice comedian in 2020 i i just automatically assume that you might be one of those people that you just described like on twitter like kind of trying to cancel everybody and all that when you know, you you're like an OG social justice comedian. You've got the degrees, like you're educated. <laughs> you got the degrees. You're you're actually more interested in like change. And you mentioned the word forgiveness, which is like not a word you would expect from social justice warriors today. But like, why not? You know, like that's the whole point. Why not? Right? Yeah. And that's, I that's great. I don't understand it. It's you know, it would be you know un-Muslim of me or or un-Christian of most people to like not have that in their arsenal. You know, yeah. uh, forgiveness is a really really critical tool. And it's a critical tool in movement building because you guys, like, if we want to recognize racial injustices, um, we're also going to have to be able to, like, come to some sort of truth and reconciliation about it. And reconciliation involves some measure of forgiveness. You know what I mean? It involves saying, like, these institutions, these, uh, you know, police brutality has existed and we're going to have to be able to move on from it into into the utopia that we want to build. And... um, um, and that just doesn't happen if you fucking like if you're rageful forever. Like that's mm. not how you get yep. to <laughs> utopia, yep. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you got to admit rage. That's get that gets the retweets. OK. And that's what this is all about. <laughs> Remember that. OK. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, you know, you, you have a really interesting uh, TED talk about uh, haters and the, the kind of like the taxonomy of haters, as you said. It was, it was super funny. And it's, um, you know, I think 
you know, and, and again, you did that in 2016. And you guys both have TED Talks, right? It's just. Oh, something yeah. You know, <laughs> okay, gotcha. uh, uh, yeah. You know, there, my my uh, uh, my my degree is still coming in the mail. Uh, it's, it's, it'll be here soon. So, um, you know, the the thing I I, um, I wanted to ask you about is like, do you still feel that like that there's um, that still that taxonomy still works? Because I feel in some ways like haters have become there used to be haters online and it was like oh there's there's just some trolls but now the the trolls seem to uh have some control some levers of power they they're, they're getting a lot better at like making youtube videos it's like it it feels a little different so i want to know if like do you feel like there's still haters like that and do you feel that like we can convert some haters still into people who are not haters anymore you know right i mean um i think you know something that's happened and it's funny because like yeah that ted talk came out during an election year yeah, but yeah. it wasn't after the election <laughs> yes, right yes, yes, it yes, was yes, like yes. right before yeah, the yeah, election yeah, yeah, yeah. that came out um and um and i don't even really remember my categorizations but i do think in terms of like what the um what the landscape is of haters uh, I think people are still like, you know, the ones who are like going to say something to your face are still few and far between. I think um, the thing that, you know, I, I've always asked my agents, like, please focus on booking me in red states, mm. you know. And mm. so I, you know, I perform a lot in like, you know, places like South Carolina and South Dakota and, you know, um, like Kansas and Missouri and um, and I love uh, performing in those places because the face-to-face -face interaction with people um, is just the number one mm, thing yeah. that's, that that will save us all and I think the inner internet is 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 the one thing that will ruin us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're, abs yes. you're absolutely right about that. I mean, I I, I know that like some, we put some clips on YouTube and people will like, you know, if it's like a sensitive topic, somebody will like write some mean thing on it. And the second I respond, yeah. I'll be like, hey, man, like I just chopped this up because your attention span is 45 seconds. The whole episode is up on this website. And they'll be like, thanks, <laughs> man. Like, you know, immediately they they are. They change their exactly tune. Right. Yeah, because yeah. they're suddenly in, in, they're in, uh, suddenly encountering a human being. I mean, turns out they were encountering a human being. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't. It's like you need to constantly be reminded on the Internet. It's like it, it's so strange to me. I, you know, I've gotten death threats. I've gotten hate mail. I've gotten all that stuff. It comes with the territory Jeez. um and Oof. i i think you well you know when it comes with the territory of being like um i'm a woman who talks out loud right yes also, yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i'm muslim <laughs> and all that shit like it it, it invites a, a certain je ne sais quoi um in in some of the people that like to do death threats but um <laughs> <laughs> i think it's what's so interesting is people who like to do like death I, I, yeah. I i feel like i didn't I wonder, you know, if I would get the same kind of thing if it wasn't for the internet. Yeah. You know? Like I I I think I've gotten some sometimes people writing like an angry letter to a theater about why did the theater it bring me to their city or something. Yes, yes. Um 
And, you know, the, I, I'm thinking is specifically this this case in Georgia where they were, like, trying to figure out if they should have extra security um, because they had gotten some letters. But, the, but it's interesting. I think a handwritten letter <laughs> feels very... <laughs> cute like at yeah. some point like oh if that's how you're gonna do your death threat yeah take him, you know yeah I mean? like like he, he sat down at his desk and was like you know just like how can i make this a beautiful metaphor you know, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah you know there was like penmanship involved um but but it's be, but it's so much easier now to just yes. to to kind of type up your little hateful message um it, to the point where you know, it, it like your message about hate is coming in the same time as like someone being like, I'm such a huge fan, you know? <laughs> um, and so it's very confusing because all of these things come together. Right. Uh, and in one space, so I, I, it sort of leaves a, the average person with like not enough um, bandwidth to emotionally process all of this, you know, these, t these messages, these conflicting messages. Yeah. I mean, those, uh, that's like the death I can't get over this death threat thing because like you're just kind of like smiling about it but it, because it's like yeah. it's like become part of your life I mean I just realize what a weak person I am because oh my god my, Mike and I get really sad when someone's like you're not funny and we're like no but like you're like <laughs> people are like you're quit. not funny yeah. and die like that yeah. like, I, I don't even know what I would do if somebody asked me to kill myself you know like it's yeah <laughs> Right. Well, I uh, yeah. I mean, I got uh, the the scariest one kind of came to my parents. Ah, shit. Me. And that was that was like legitimately scary because it was like a voicemail as well. But I I I think um, I think I don't know. I just honestly think if I got a chance to meet that person, yeah. <laughs> and if we could just like get a coffee that they probably wouldn't wish my dad. Right, right, yes. Right. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I really believe that. And I, it's going to take me my, my entire life to meet everyone in America, but like that's the plan. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> didn't is, like, didn't that, Aunt Frank say something like that in her diary? I, I, I feel, I feel that is like the most uh, hilarious premise for a rom-com I've ever heard. Uh, you know, it's just like... <laughs> She was she she had given up on love, but love hadn't given up on her, and he <laughs> wanted her dead. This <laughs> this Christmas, it's I death already threat. set up five meetings for us to pitch that. Let's so, see uh, it happening. We're ready. Also, I love that you're like, didn't Anne Frank say that? And it's every comedian's dream to be likened to Anne Frank. So thank you. You remind Thank me. You for that as well. I, I swear, she says something Frank. like, "If I people are still good, like Nazis are chill." I don't know if she said Nazis are chill, but she Nazis says something about. She says something like, "All but people." She's like, are "If I good. could have a coffee yes. with a Nazi, I bet you I they wouldn't you. want to kill me." Just have a, you know, have a nice strudel with some SS <laughs> officer. <laughs> you know, hey, he's not such a bad guy. You know. <laughs> so uh, uh, we're here with our uh, hilarious guest. Uh, Nagin Farsad of uh, NPR and and of um, a million things, and um, we have uh, everyone's favorite segment. It's called Das Race, das Race News. News, and uh, we got we got one here, and I'm excited. This it doesn't sound funny, and it's not funny. Well, it, I don't know. Well, I'm I'm interested to learn more about this because I have been purposely not reading about. I've been purposely reading less news. I don't know if you guys have been doing that. I've been reading less news. Yes. And or like I'll give myself a timer of like, okay, you got ten seconds to just cram in as much poison into your mind as you can and then you got to shut it <laughs> off so um this one of course is a big one you know uh, uh justice ruth bader ginsburg ha has uh, uh has has you know honestly she needed she needed a break okay she's been holding yeah. it down for forever mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. she weighs like 
she weighed only like 80 pounds, but she was like benching 450. And <laughs> for sure. Of justice. Of justice? Are you kidding me? She was just like, she put the belt on and was just like, just bah, papa, you know? So, um, uh, and you know, th- th- now everything's kind of shifting. I think people forget sometimes there's like a, an election going to, that's happening as well. I wanted to talk to our guest because she uh, is um, actually smart. Ted Fellow. To, to, I don't even know how many masters. We've, we've mentioned like th- at least three or four now. 17 masters. 17 <laughs> master's degrees, okay? Including one from University of Phoenix. Why not? Uh, and <laughs> what is this sort of... I wanted to test their online program. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, I wanted to get her, her, her take on this. I mean, and, and recently I think they, 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 they sort of... It's funny. They leaked who the next justice, the nominee is going to be. What a terrible leak, by the way. I, I mean, I the, the worst know, kind usually, of leak, man. I'm usually looking for uh, leaked nudes. Uh, this is not the leaked nude I was uh, uh, hoping for. So, what, <laughs> what is, uh, you know, so what, what is sort of your take on this? And maybe you can kind of put it into context for like, you know, our our, our listeners out there, you know. Right. I mean, I think so. Like one thing is, um, you know, her passing is really sad, but it should totally be celebrated. She lived yeah, a long life. She sure. had the most impact of like you know, top five impacts of any woman in the United States, yep, yep, right? Yep. Um, and so, wow, what a fucking incredible life and what a time to celebrate that life. Yep. Like, that's, you know, fantastic. And I think we get so mired in the political discussion, we forget, you know, if you have a credit card in your name and you're a woman, if you've ever leased an apartment in your name and you're a woman, um, if you've ever been on a sports team and you're a woman in your college, like, these things are because of the work of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So we're fucking lucky to have had mm. her. Um, and uh, and and what a wonderful life to celebrate. Um, and then I think you know yes. So then that leaves um, the court with uh, it, with you know and, and it looks like Trump and McConnell are gonna just push through and put a um, a nominee up for a vote. And um, you know and it looks like they have the vote. So if they wanted to put have a sixth three conservative leaning um court they can totally do that um it's really sad because really the senate who's in charge of confirmations you know the senate democrats represent 15 million more people than senate republicans and yet senate democrats are in Mm, the minority right right? this is this is the fucked up thing about the senate it's the fucked up thing about the electoral college um it's the fucked up anti-democratic thing that was baked into the constitution yep. so anyway it's, it's it's really unfortunate um and then so we may in fact have a 6-3 uh, conservative majority for the court i think i don't know what that means right for women's reproductive rights i don't know what that means forget reproductive rights also like if you're if you have um obamacare well, i don't know if you're going to be able to keep it yep, right yep, because yeah. uh, they're hearing that case right after the elections. So so it, it could be really staggering. Um, like a, a democratically elected president could come in and pack the courts. And I actually think packing the courts, adding additional justices to the Supreme Court is not a big deal. So hmm. I would be okay with, I mean, I, you know, because there's nothing in the Constitution that says, you know, that, that it has to be right. nine. Like it could be 33. I don't give a shit. Let's yeah. make it less. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's make it less of a big deal. Like if one person dies, we shouldn't all go into a fucking yeah. frenzy, right? Yeah, and yeah. Buddha Judge <laughs> said this a lot during the primaries. He's like, we are way over frenzied about this Supreme Court. 
Discord. It shouldn't be such a volatile institution. Let's mm. just get some more fucking people on there, you know? Calm it down. And uh, and I, I'm into that. I don't I think it, to me it's not it's not a big deal. We talk about it like it's so ominous, but you know, it, it's not it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that's really interesting. I never thought of it like that, but it's like people often talk about like, oh the system's broken. Well this is that's like a fantastic example of like the fact that one person dies and, you know, I, I was supposed to hang out with a friend that night when she passed away and she's like, I don't think I can come out, you know? Like, the fact that that yeah. happened is already a sign that, like, it yes. shouldn't be, like, obviously, the fact it that shouldn't it shouldn't be, be like that. that. I mean, obviously, we want to celebrate a legend and blah, 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 and I understand that. But that's not why your friend didn't come out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, your right. Your friend right. didn't come out because now they're in a state of fucking panic. Yes, right, yes. Um, and it shouldn't, you know, the Supreme Court shouldn't, like, create this kind of panic. Um, I am so dumb. I didn't even get, realize that like the, what, because you were just mentioning how if you're a woman and you can have a credit card, that's the work of uh, of uh, RGB. I mean, like it sounds like before, before you know that what not long ago th that we basically had kind of had uh, a a society that which was like the handmaiden. Have you guys seen that? You know, where <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Women can't own property and shit like that. I, I had no idea that that's like. And it's crazy that that's like where we started from. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't that like, long yep, ago. Yeah. You know? Women. In nope. RBG's lifetime. That's In crazy. In RBG's lifetime, that's how shit was. You're, you're absolutely right. It was The Handmaid's Tale, but with better outfits. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, well, I mean, you know, it, 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 if it sounds like if the Republicans, uh, you know, get the, their way, hey, we're all going to have to be getting new outfits soon because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I, N N Nijin, have you started looking at white uh, uh, caps that you can wear, <laughs> fitted yeah, yourself. What are those called? Yeah, I, I don't even whatever. Long red robes or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, I no, I you know again, I I think a lot of this has to do with just framing and like yeah. how we talk about stuff. Yeah. Like I think it's great that you're only giving yourself these little small bursts of news because right now I think every major publication in America and the worldwide is um they're after clicks. They're not after yes, necessarily right. to inform you, and so clicks means to scare you. You know, it's yes. a besmirchment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, as opposed to just like here's the news and i think um it, the way it, everything's being communicated right now it's just like it is the end of the world i mean that you know yeah. or just even the way we're talking about like the the postal service oh. the postal service is still set up to handle our mail like don't worry you can still do you can do your absentee voting but for us to write all of these art you know think pieces about how like democracy is falling apart because of the u.s postal service it's just not true and there are also mm. legal guardrails in place there are plenty of legal guardrails in place um to to help us in the event that something does go wrong right with with an election and so wow. i think we need to all like calm down for a second because some of this stuff is disinformation and they said steve bannon said very clearly in the very beginning that his whole method of operation was chaos Yo. because chaos was <laughs> was, a, was a bigger threat to democracy than actually threatening actual things in democracy oh shit and so um don't be taken in by the chaos like don't read all these headlines and then just go into a stupor of sadness that's not <laughs> these headlines are designed to make you feel chaotic and like you've lost control and you have not you know yeah. i mean uh you know p people 
I mean, hey, we're we're young comics in Brooklyn, and young comics are always talking about chaotic energy. Let's bring that down, okay? Let's chaotic, down. chaotic energy. Yes. I I would love uh, 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 Nagina if if have you ever thought about having just kind of like a some service where um you just like have a little affirmation that gets pushed to my cell phone and goes, hey, it's going to be okay because I need this. I need well, can this. Can I just say season of merch? I, know, I heard you guys talk about merch at the top of the show. We, um, so my, in my podcast, because I sort of started feeling that everyone is losing their minds. Yes. I, I started feeling this way a few months ago with the elections and the pandemic and da, 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 da. And then there's so many things and I fucking totally, totally get it. But I was just like, oh, the counterpoint is optimism. And I'm not going to like sit by and think back and think that like everything about this democracy is doomed and that my life is gonna suck mm, mm. i have a baby that's not <laughs> you know I'm, i gotta make sure everything is fucking awesome for her yes. you know and so um so we so i started saying like uh okay well we're only doing optimism and so i at the end of every sto- news story or whatever on on fake the nation you know i would be like well here's the optimistic spin on that and and, and it's not even an optimistic spin. It's just like, why are we looking at everything yeah. with such a doomsday, yeah. horrible? And so we had T-shirts made that are now available that that say on the front, "We're only doing optimism." Oh, that's um, so great! And so if you ha- if you know if you or anyone you know is a curmudgeon and needs that T-shirt, uh, it is available. That, um, I think I think that's a yeah. great way to end this segment. We should go around and, and say yeah. one optimistic thing about. RPG's death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will start. This is what I was thinking. Okay, I was I was listening to yes. Nagin talk, and you had you had just said something. You know, you were sort of criticizing the, the chaotic media on both sides, and like Twitter culture and all that. And going back to what you were saying about like yo human to human interaction is the only way we can change people's minds. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was doing research on you, I was like. This woman is going to cancel me because I have a ridiculous <laughs> mouth and I'm loud and I'm, and I'm dumb and this is the end of our podcast. But meeting you, you're so grounded, you're so educated, and you're very fair. And I would not have gotten that vibe from you based on like your Apple iTunes reviews where people are like, this libtard, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Like, you know, so I'm just saying. That's the thing. I'm just saying it's nice to just talk to people in real life and then you'll realize that not everybody is as polarized as the internet makes it out to be. Yes, I love that. See? No, th- exactly, because human to human interaction is the thing that will win. Yes, yes. So uh, yeah, all we need to do is get every single American on this podcast. Yes. And it's going to be <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, and that was another episode of the Asian Not Asian podcast. I want to again uh, thanks our uh, thanks to our guest uh, Nagin Farsad. Uh, Nagin, where can they where can our fans find you? You got like a million things going on, but where where, where can they find you? I I would love it if they found me um, on the podcast at Fake the Nation. Um, it's um, it's a podcast on Earwolf, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nagin Farsad, a name that is both easy to spell and pronounce. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram and all that shit. Uh, you can you can pick up my, a copy of my last book, How to Make White People Laugh. But yeah, the the podcast right now um, is uh, we're we're saving democracy one podcast at a time. So, yes. uh, so and, come, and come join us. I, it's fun. It's fun. I checked it out this week. She has legit guests. Everybody, she had Margaret Cho on uh, earlier this month. Like, sweet. 
talking legit guests, so definitely check it out. Uh, if you, you know, after you listen to Asian Not Asian, you probably feel a little dumb. So why don't you go over to Fake the <laughs> Nation and, and bring it Have back. some veggies bring along it. with your chocolate shake. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I'm working on my 38th master's degree right now. So, um, yeah, please, please come and see how smart we are. And, there you as, go. and as always, you can find us on the social media. Uh, we're on there at Asian Not Asian Pod. I am also on there at the Fumiabe. That's T H E F U M I A B E on all platforms and you can find me on instagram at nice pants bro please check out our zoom stand-up comedy show uh nagin we'd love to have you sometimes if you're if you're doing zoom shows i don't know if that's your thing or not we'd love it um all right it's every other friday so the next one will be october 9th Um, 9th. nagin we'll send you a separate email about that but listeners anals check us out october 9th just go to asian.asianpod.com for tickets patreon if you like this podcast you want to support Check, go to our Patreons, patreon.com slash asian.asianpod. If you donate, you become part of our community. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. We'll slide into your DMs. And you get access to bonus episodes. So come check out all that we have to offer. And, and uh, uh, don't forget, again, we have merch. Uh, we will probably yes. be making some bootleg versions of we're doing Optimism shirts because, hey, that's what we do here <laughs> at this podcast. All right, We take other people's <laughs> ideas shit. and we build on top of it. Um, thank you very much, Nagin. It's the American way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks very much to, to everybody. Uh, stay safe. Stay optimistic. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. And we are going to do everybody's not everybody i guess the patreon subscribers favorite segment where we guess the new patreon subscribers ethnicity based on their last name by last name i mean last name sorry i'm eating can't even speak uh you know unfortunately we are doing this without mike because i forgot to do it with him today and honestly it's hard to plan things in quarantine he's probably out getting drunk right now I'm editing, so I just thought I would do it alone. So listen, if you're one of these eight people and you're just like, this is not what I paid for. I paid for both Fumi and Mike. You can just go ahead and DM him and just be like, hey, I'm a Patreon subscriber and you didn't guess my ethnicity. So please do it for me right now. You have the right. Uh, you know, you gave $3 and that's what you can demand now. So please go do that if you have an issue with it. But I hope that you don't. I hope that I'm good enough. But if not, totally DM him and that is your right. So let's get down to it. First, we got uh, Kyoko Yamamura. That is the most Japanese name I've heard in my entire life. Um, I'm not even sure that... Uh, I, I don't know if she's Japanese-American. I, I, looking from, judging from her picture, she has a nice smile. So I'm going to assume she's Japanese-American. Next, we got Miriam Alvarez Rosenblum. Okay, this is, uh, well, it's a hyphenated thing, I guess. I think Alvarez, maybe Filipino, but then mom is Filipino, dad is Jewish. I think Rosenblum is Jewish, and so they fused and created Miriam. Congratulations, you are a mixed person. Next, we got Michelle Lee, L-Y. I think if I've learned anything from Mike, I think L-Y is a Vietnamese last name, so I'm going to go ahead and say Vietnamese. Then we got Sakura Iwagami. Um, that is Japanese as well. I think it means God of Rock. Honestly, that's a pretty sweet-ass last name. Thank you for donating. Then we got Wells Chen. That's Chinese. Sandy Hyun. H-U-Y-N-H. I actually think this is like a Korean middle name or like a first name. Maybe she is... I don't know if this is a last name. I think it's a middle name, but I think it's Korean. So boom. Then we got... Okay, this one is fucking long. Shaw... Oh, this guy's name is Shotaro, but he spelled it like S-H-A-W-T-A-R-O-H. That's interesting. I've never... That actually... That's like how 
a rapper would spell it. So that's kind of cool. You are a rapper Japanese person. Shotaro Granzier Nakajima. That is Japanese. A lot of Japanese people today. Honestly, shout out. Shout out to my Japanese、uh, fans out there.、Uh, I don't have enough Japanese people in my life. So this is all I have. Thank you so much. Even if it's $2 a month, I really appreciate it. Then lastly, we have Kristen Momoko Schaefer.、Uh, shout out to Kristen.、Uh, I think we hung out once.、Um, thank you for donating. I know you are also an artist, so this money means so much.、Uh, you're also, you, are Jap- you are Japanese. You are mixed. I think Schaefer is German or something. So she's mixed.、Uh, a lot of mixed people, and that is totally legal, guys. So again, thank you so much for donating. We love you. Please stop. No, please don't stop. Please don't stop donating, is what I meant to say. And、uh, yeah, we got. More bonus stuff coming out next month. So we'll see you then. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.